Welcome to the Ninja Lane Podcast. In this episode, we talk about the latest MPD, upcoming games not on the MPD that you should have, hardware bot, the latest FutureMark benchmark, 3 Mark 11, and shopping sites you need to visit. I am your host, Dennis Garcia, otherwise known as Red Max. With me today, I have Darren McCain, otherwise known as Anarchist. So, Dennis, the uh, latest November 2010 MPD numbers are out, and i got to tell you, the top 10 is really interesting this time of year. Have you seen this yet? I have given it a brief look, but let's go over it. Fantastic. I was thinking it might be fun to present this as sort of a countdown, starting with number 10. So without further ado, number 10 is Wii Fit Plus, of course, for the Wii Nintendo. I'm not a big fan of Wii Fit. How about you? I have to admit, I did get a Wii person, whatever it, uh, <laughs> they call it on the Wii there. I wasn't actually a big fan. You know, I think I'd rather just go out into the to the garage and lift some weights or, you know, ride my bike or something other than being in front of the computer. I'm thinking the money would be better spent maybe on a salad once a week or something. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about number nine. So number nine is the latest from Take-Two Interactive, NBA 2K11. And this has the distinction of being the first game on our list that is actually available on the PC. Which is surprising since... Most sports games are not really PC-friendly. They're kind of really meant for consoles. You know, I have tried to like sports games on the PC in the past, and I just haven't found anything that is really intuitive or fun to play, even with a controller hooked up. Agreed. Agreed. Number eight, though, is a different story. Now, number eight is Gran Turismo number five, sort of the great white whale of the PlayStation 3 universe. I'm a little excited about this, but it's been a long time coming. You know... Consoles, for me, are racing games and sports stuff, which I don't play a lot of the sports things, but I have, what, five different racing games for my 360, for the original Xbox. One of the fun ones that really hooked me was Project Gotham Racing on the original Xbox. Of course. And SRS, which is um, Street Racing Syndicate. I would really love if they made a new one for the 360 that, you know, introduced a lot more cars and a lot more tuning options, but, you know, it seems that it's... Not in the stars. I've tried to like a lot of racing games, especially for the PlayStation 3 in the past. It's been kind of a dry spell. Split Second was the most recent one. It was kind of a disappointment. So I'm glad to see Gran Turismo finally out. It's a little steep for me at 60, but it might make the Christmas list. Number 7 is another racing game, the latest Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. And Need for Speed Hot Pursuit is actually available on the PC as well. Wow, that is uh, surprising, to be honest. But you know, Hot Pursuit, what is that? You're racing around in uh, cop cars, or how's that work? You know, I haven't yet tried it, but it looks like it's a fallback to the old Hot Pursuit style from the original Need for Speeds, going back, I think, maybe three or four. From the commercials, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and the early reviews have been very favorable, especially on the online play. I'm not sure yet that it's won me over to a purchase, but... Definitely on my rental list. Well, number six. Number six, Donkey Kong Country Returns for the Wii. Now, Donkey Kong Country is a return to the original platform style with an emphasis, I'm told, on cooperative play, much like the most recent Mario reboot. I was never a Donkey Kong fan, so it's not even on my radar. 
My wife is a big Donkey Kong fan, and in our house, she's the platformer guru. So this one is really warranting a second look for us. But I'm going to wait, I think, until the reviews are in before this one finds a home. You know, if they do Donkey Kong first-person shooter, I'm all there. (laughs) Uh, There's hope for that yet. Number five is a 360 game from Microsoft, the latest Fable, Fable 3. I never played Fable 1 or 2, so 3 probably isn't going to do it for me either. Fable seems to be the kind of game that you either really love or it just doesn't hit your radar in general. This is more of an RPG with a real emphasis on good and bad decision-making and how it affects your world. Probably a big time suck, but not on my list. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, a lot of those real-time games are like that. Well, number four is not on my list either. Madden NFL 11. Madden, the the only game for the console that makes it into real-life football. I've read a lot about Madden that I agree with. Every year, it's the same game with a fresh skin and a new roster, and I've just kind of given up. I guess they do need to release one every year when the players kind of change. Some guy retires, some guy comes on, rookie of the year, stuff like that. But That's true, but I'd like to see that as like a downloadable. I could see paying... You know, even maybe four or five bucks for a revision. And then they could put out really a revolutionary update every couple of years. But they're doing something right because they're making the money. Go Madden. Number three for the Wii, Just Dance 2. Wow. So I have no idea what that's about. You know, I think that that one is number three. Moving on. (laughs) Number two, the latest Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I just really recently picked up the second one, Assassin's Creed 2, and I've been enjoying the step up from the first one, and I'm told that Brotherhood is a dramatic step forward again in the quality of gameplay and the story, too. So, Assassin's Creed, um, is this one of those... um like Tomb Raider, where it's a third-person sort of style? Yeah, it does actually lend a lot, I think, to the original Laura Croft. Uh, maybe even more recently to the uh, the Nathan Drake stuff, which is the Uncharted game series. But the gameplay itself really has a lot to do with sneaking and climbing, on hanging from ledges, that sort of thing. But you might be amused to know that there is a little bit of a first-person shooter element to it, in a sense that you can attack now from a distance. Wow. I don't know that I would say first-person shooter, but definitely interesting. Wow. So, number one, what do we have? Number one, I know you're going to be shocked, is Call of Duty's latest Black Ops. It's uh, what we got, 360, PS3, Wii, PC, and the DS, which <laughs> I'm not sure about the, the DS. DS. I actually have played Black Ops. I enjoyed COD 4, um, COD uh, 5, which is the Modern Warfare 2. Black Ops, I'm not a fan of, actually. You know, it still looks good. You still have the original controls. But the gameplay is very console-y. It almost looks like a direct port. So, you know, you're running along. You're Mm. fighting some guys. If you don't move, you have an endless wave of people coming after you. You move forward a little bit. All of a sudden, you, you click a trigger. All the guys stop. And then you get to run. Well, that's a shame. I know Call of Duty Black Ops has kind of been on my Christmas list. Not my first choice, but it seems like every time I'm talking to somebody, it's, have you seen Black Ops? Have you played Black Ops? And I've played just a little bit of it, and on the surface, it looks good. So I'm kind of disappointed to hear that they've uh, 
put it in autopilot, it sounds like, after COD 4. Yeah, they did. Um, well, this is also done by a different group. You know, it's not the, uh, the DICE group. It's a different one. And I believe one of their other games was very console-y, so oh. it really kind of follows their same model. The, uh, the real power of Black Ops is the multiplayer aspect. I'm not huge on multiplayer, so I haven't gotten to play that portion of it yet. The single player, you know, I haven't even finished the entire single player yet. But I found that there's a couple of spots in there where, you know, one of the levels you're, you're attacking a, uh, a satellite array, a communications array. Right. You, get, you get done and you're running out. You know, there's a charge set to, to blow it up so they can't talk anymore. Oh, yeah. You get to run out. Well, the way that it's staged is that you have three guys in front of you and you're the, the last one, right? Being a first-person shooter as it is, you can uh, run really fast and jump over somebody. Okay. Well, you, you get to the bridge. And there's no way around it. The bridge blows up, so you have to jump over it. Okay. But you don't make it, and this guy has to catch you, which is the guy right in front of you. Well, oh, no. So I'm running in front of this guy. I get to the bridge. It blows up, and then it goes to the cutscene where I'm falling, and some guy's grabbing me. And I'm like, that from, guy was behind me. From behind. Yeah, so somewhere <laughs> along the lines, they, they didn't take into consideration that people can can break the, the movie aspect of it. I would have liked a little bit more randomness in the single player, but for what it is, it sold really well. It got a lot of press, and I'm kind of wondering if the the overhype and the under-deliver is going to affect the next installment in the Call of Duty series. Well, it'll be very interesting to see. I know there's been a lot of backlash in the past on a couple of different Call of Duty games. So this one, yeah, initially very shiny on the surface. You're kind of making me feel like I can pass. All right, well, that's the MPD list for November 2010. Kind of surprised more at some of the games that are not on the hot gaming list. As in what hot games that people want to have or are overhyped, or what are yeah. we talking about? Well, this holiday season, there are some pretty hot games out there, especially when you look at the review sites. I mean, some examples, StarCraft II... That's been a big game all year, actually. Yeah, but not real hot on the November list. I'm wondering if everybody's got it or if it's just not peaking at Christmas. I would say that probably everybody that wanted it probably has it. Yeah, Civilization V, another game that had a pretty solid splash not too long ago for Thanksgiving and kind of gone again. Yeah, it wasn't on the list anywhere. I like Civ a lot, but I haven't checked out Five yet, and maybe I'm not the only one. Yeah. I probably bought Civ, the very first one, and I haven't played it since. That was about the same time as uh, Age of Empires came out, and I got really big into Age of Empires, and that was one of the games that was kind of released at the same time. I figured, hey, it looks about the same. Bought it, and I didn't really like it too much. I was definitely a love-it-or-hate-it it sort of game. And the next game kind of has that reputation, too, and that's uh, Fallout 3, New Vegas. And as you know, that's a game I'm very excited about. And oh, yeah. You won't be quiet about it, that's for sure. Definitely. And I loved the last Fallout game, and I've been a big fan of all of those games in that style. Definitely, that one's got to be under the tree for me. And in fact, I've played all of them, even some of the maligned ones, like the Brotherhood of Steel game. So uh, what game do you really want to have this Christmas? One of my favorite games to sit down on is Bad Company 2. And within the next few days, they're releasing a Vietnam add-on. 
and they've already got some new maps out. So a little bit more of the same, but I'm hoping that injects a new level of interest in that game for me, more so than the last attempt at a Vietnam game, which sort of fell flat for me. It was really popular when it came out for about three or four months. <laughs> and I got a nice souvenir edition, which was the Taiwanese release. So oh. it's still new in box. I decided that I was going to keep it just for nostalgia purposes. So, Dennis, tell us what's, uh, what's been going on with NinjaLane.com. What's the latest news? Latest news, uh, hardware bot team NinjaLane is top 10 in the U.S. of hardware bot teams. Well, that sounds exciting. Yeah. It, you know, earlier this year, we were in the top 10. You know, we had a couple of uh, members from some other teams join up, which pumped up our rankings. We only had around 500. And then there was some shuffling around people move teams every once in a while and it kind of changes the rankings you know that put this down into you know 12 or 14th place and we've been whittling away and now we're back up to 10 so what is hardware bot hardware bot is one of those fancy websites that collects and ranks overclocking scores you uh have your 2.6 gigahertz processor you overclock it to 3 gigahertz you submit your score and they give you a ranking so I've done a lot of overclocking in my past, as you know, but I've never worked with hardware bot. Why would I want to do that? Well, for one, it's fun. It's kind of addicting. That's really the nuts and bolts of it. The other aspect is it teaches you to push your hardware, to tune your tune your system, and it really just helps overall performance. You know, you get a little bit extra out of your video card. It's going to make that game a little bit smoother. Get a little bit more out of your processor. It's going to make you know loading Photoshop faster. It's going to open and close a bunch of big word documents um you know some guys use it for big database stuff right you know it just helps make things a little bit more smooth i definitely think getting a little more performance out of my system or any system sounds like a good plan so how do i go about doing that well the overclocking aspect of it is pretty straightforward you know you can read different things online about how to overclock your processor there's several sites that you can go to to get information one of them being the ninjalane.com forums. If you don't see a specific topic that you're after, ask a question. One of the experts will get back with you. You know, some of the random members, that's that's what happens. Well, it sounds to me like if you've ever had an interest in overclocking, this could be a good opportunity to get your feet wet. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, and you don't need to have the latest and greatest hardware either. You know, one of our members, <clears throat> Slingshot, has been overclocking socket 370 systems oh wow you know and this is you know pentium 3 era you know this sort of gear you can get relatively cheap and there's several tools out there to help you overclock even if you don't have a board that that supports it really well you know he went out and actually got an asus motherboard that supports overclocking pretty well you know and then he goes and buys two dollar processors and overclocks them and he's almost up to 200 points now just with old gear i think a lot of enthusiasts have junk like that in their closet would be nice to put to use how do you uh, score points you score points by running either 2d or 3d benchmarks depending on what you're benching so you know if you if you're doing 3ds that's going to be video card uh sorts of situations uh if you're doing 2ds that's going to be cpu z super pi w prime and it's really just raw cpu horsepower memory interaction stuff like that so you don't have to have a lot of hardware or the latest machine, really. You can still score points? Yeah, you can score points on anything. 
believe it or not, there is some hardware out there that isn't doesn't have a category on hardware bot. Oh boy! I think Slingshot found a, a Via uh, chip that wasn't listed on hardware bot, and any score that he submitted, he got a gold cup for. You know, because he's <laughs> fastest in in that category. I mean, granted, it's one out of one, but it's still a gold cup. It's still two points the easy way, and you know, you run all of the two D benchmarks. And there it is, 10 points. So if I wanted to get involved, it sounds like I joined the forum. And if I were not familiar with overclocking, just get with the guys to help you out? Yep. It's, you know, you can still burn up stuff, you know, if you really don't know what you're doing. You know, I have to say that just because, you know, it can happen. <laughs> it's like a disclaimer. Yeah. Don't, don't ruin your stuff, but get help if you need it. Yeah, definitely. But... I have to also admit that, you know, I've had several motherboards under the, my single-stage phase cooler, uh, water-cooled, you name it. I haven't fried anything yet. I have always people asking me, how do I go about overclocking my system? And this sounds like really a great opportunity to get out there, bench your gear, and just see where you can go. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's really that easy. So, Dennis, speaking of benchmarking, I saw some news this week. It seems as there's a new 3D Mark, 3D Mark 11 out. What can you tell us about it? Well, aside from the name, it is the newest version of 3D Mark from the FutureMark Corporation for testing the, primarily the DirectX 11 capabilities of the current video cards out there. So, 3D Mark has been around for a long time, and I know every test kind of has a different market and strengths and weaknesses. What can you tell us are the strengths? The strengths are they've removed a lot of the CPU dependency from the benchmark. You know, you get some of these older ones, 05, 03, 06 primarily, where depending on what CPU you had, you always got a slightly better GPU score. So if you had a Core i7-920, it would actually score better than if you had a Core i5-750. Right. And it was actually by a large margin because the CPU was a lot faster and more powerful. With 3D Mark 11, they've actually removed a lot of that CPU. You know, you still get more more speed with a slight overclock on your processor, sure. but it's really it benches the video card more than the system. And I know that every 3D Mark has its detractors too. What are the weak spots people are talking about? One of the weak points that a lot of people are complaining about is you don't get to see the details of your benchmark right away you know after you've run in three mark vantage for instance you got done with the four benches and then it would give you a score and then it would show you your different frames per second in each one of the benches right with 3d mark 11 they're forcing you to submit your score to future mark for validation and then at that point they go and extract the um the various details about your bench and that's one thing that you know has gotten a lot of enthusiast overclockers upset including hardware bot but yeah, the, the enthusiast community is really upset because a lot of times when they're doing these insane benchmarks, they go and disable everything on the board. So they disable the Ethernet, they disable sound, any service, any piece of hardware that's not used for that particular bench. The idea is that you get less noise and you get a, a cleaner overclock. So now if you run 3D Mark 11 and you want to get the details, you have to submit it online. So you either save your your file and then you know when you get network back then you can go and actually submit it and see the details or you just leave your network enabled 
And it still sounds like a lot of extra steps. So I can see that. But overall, what's your impression? I like it. It's it's a great bench. The one thing that I, you know, to be nitpicky about it, it's not very fun to watch. Oh, no. You know, the, back in 3 Mark 06, you know, you're always watching these little scenes. Right. You know, you had the, one of my favorite ones was the um, the canyon map where you got this uh, steampunk sort of balloon flying down a canyon. Oh, right, with the dragon. Yep, they're chasing the dragon. The dragon jumps out of the water twice. Well, it's one of those where you can kind of get mesmerized while you're benchmarking. Something to do. Well, with 3D Mark 11, you have two basic scenes. You have an underwater scene with these little subs going looking for a sub. A little World War II sub, actually. Oh, okay. And then you have a forest scene with foliage and trees, and there's a there's a jeep and some Aztec sort of architecture going on. So it's really more of a, a visual. And in both cases, they're testing tessellation once on, once off. And that's really, you know, that's the type of bench that it that it is. So it's, you know, it needs to do this sort of stuff. Um, the last two are one with the physics, which they removed the PhysX, which is the NVIDIA-branded physics processing. And they're doing more of a, a standard that's cross-platform. And then they do a combined test to do test CPU and GPU at the same time. So in the past... 3D Marks had some limitations to download and even licensing. How's this one? Well, they offer a basic edition, which you can run, I believe, as many times as you want, but you don't get to see a score unless you submit it, so you have right. to have an account. Um, it might be just a one-time run. Uh, they also have a professional and um, an advanced edition. The advanced edition is $20. You get to run it as many times as you want. And then, of course, the professional one, which is, I think, $400. Oh, boy. Yep, but that one you get to actually tweak the benchmark, so you can change the resolution, change what's on, what's off, so you can actually really explore the hardware even more. You know, you get what you pay for, and I think they also remove the ads, so you don't get to see the the crazy MSI branding and stuff on all the vehicles. I'll have to check that out. Yep. Oh, and speaking of DirectX 11 benchmarks, there's also the Eugen Heaven benchmark. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I've been meaning to check that out. Is that a free benchmark? That is a free benchmark. You go to the Eugen website and you can actually download it. I think it's 36 megs, so it's actually pretty small. But uh, the scenery is kind of steampunkish. Again, you know, you get a flavor of the balloon from 3D Mark 06. Right. And then, uh, you know, there's a dragon in the middle of this floating city. You know, it really, you can test um, tessellation on, tessellation off, so you can see the advantages of tessellation and how that affects the, the scenery. Um, you can get a wireframe view, so you can see what tessellation does in terms of the wireframe and why video cards need to be powerful to actually run tessellation, because it really actually increases the wireframe mesh to increase the detail. Well, that sounds interesting, and free is always good. So we'll have to check that out. Definitely. And links to those can be found in the Ninja Lane forums? In the forums, and we'll put them in the show notes. So, hey, Dennis, you know, this time of year, we're all extra conscious of our budget. You mean all times of year? <laughs> well, it seems like all times of year lately, but especially during the holiday season, we all want to get a new machine, and we all want the best bang for our buck. So I thought it might be fun to talk about some of our favorite sites for finding those hot deals on hardware or, well, just anything that might be fun. Cool. So I've rounded up a few of my favorite sites. Cool. Well, what are they? Come on. Let's give me. Well, 
let's start out with one of my favorites, SlickDeals.net. Have you been to the site? I have. I've actually, you know, I, I graze that one every once in a while, just kind of to browse around. But honestly, I, I never bought into that particular site very much. I tell you why I like Slick Deals is it's not just a tech site. I mean, you can find a deal at like Kentucky Fried Chicken some days. Uh, some days you find a hot deal on a video card. But it also has a really active forum where you can go out and kind of see what the deals are, go in, and get some honest advice from other deal seekers on whether this really is a good deal or if there's something better. Nice. Yeah, I've noticed that some of those deal sites actually are pure form, kind of like what, Cheap Ass Gamer? Yeah, Cheap Ass Gamer is a nice one. CAG, for the friendly folks, is one of the few sites out there that actually tracks game deals. Now, it's a little more console-based, but their forum supports not just consoles, but PC as well. And I actually have found a couple of pretty hot deals on Cheap Ass Gamer for this holiday season, and that's where I found the hot deal on my latest Fallout game, and that's the Vegas game. So I would definitely keep an eye on that one. One of the nice things there is that they release the ads for most of the major retailers as well. So you can kind of see if there's anything going on sale on any given weekend and see if it really is a good deal. Cool. Coming back to Slick Deals, though, one of my favorite sites and becoming a classic is Woot.com. Woot, Woot! They're kind of the granddaddy of the deal-a-day sites, of course, featuring one really hot product just until it sells out and one product only daily. Yeah, and sometimes they're only on there for just a few seconds. (laughs) I tell you, sometimes if you don't click, you don't get. But one thing that a lot of folks don't know, especially if they haven't been back to Woot lately, is Woot has a few other sites, and one of those is deals.woot.com. And it is a lot like Slick Deals in that it allows folks to submit a deal, and those deals are ranked by the community, and there's an individual forum on each of those too. Now, the Woot Deals site isn't just a tech site, but it does feature some of the best tech deals out there. This year, I noticed that they were a hotbed of information on Blu-rays, movies, games, and even TVs and that sort of stuff. Sweet. Definitely, I would check it out. And frankly, if you don't check out Woot at least once a week, you might be missing a hot deal. Yeah, I get uh, Woot links, you know, almost daily from some of my friends that, you know, they have the little ticker on their desktop running all the time. And, you know, I get I get a Woot to a, like a golf bag or I get a Woot to a fork set. You know, it's kind of some silly stuff every once in a while. But, you know, you can get like what? Core, uh, quad core process or quad core systems. For like 300 bucks, like complete systems. Yeah, it's very true. And they are one of the few sources of refurbs from some pretty major brands that you just don't see anywhere else. So something to check out. Yep. Cool. So if you're looking for tech deals, most techs, myself included, like to start with a site like PriceWatch.com. Now, PriceWatch isn't necessarily a deal site. What it is is a gathering of major sites and their current prices. One of the nice things about PriceWatch, if you haven't checked it out, Dennis, I know this is a place that you practically live, Oh yeah, is PriceWatch will let you sort by the type of hardware and then show you what the lowest price is. Yep, and they've even included shipping now so that one site might actually have the lowest price, but the shipping might be $20, and so it's going to actually rank it based on included shipping in, to your area. Now, it's important to note that PriceWatch requires the sites to submit the prices to them, so it's not always the most current or up-to-date. So, with that in mind, you can use an aggregate site like 
price grabber yep. to really see if you're getting the best deal. But don't type price grabber into the form if you happen to visit the Ninja Lane forums because you will be surprised at what it says. <laughs> no. Price grabber is probably the best consumer shopping site. And one of the ways you can use price grabber more successfully is if you already know what you want, mm-hmm. it will go directly out there and give you a nice selection. Yep. And lowest price uh, usually if not within a dollar or two yep price uh, price watch and price grabber are very similar um, one actually has a lot of frills which would be the price grabber site price watch is really kind of a no frills give you exactly what you want really quick so if you're looking technical there are a couple of good tech sites specific that are more like a deal site I like techbargains.com It's a lot like what you'd see at uh, Slick Deals, sort of forum-driven with a nice front page where they collect sites. And it focuses really on tech stuff. Some is user-submitted, and some seems to be submitted by the advertisers themselves. But Tech Bargains is nice because it stays pretty current, and it allows you to comment on the deals as well. Yep. Ben's Bargains is very similar, right? Right. I like Ben's Bargains. It's been around for a while, and it really seems to have kind of a cult following of really active users. Ben's Bargains also focuses on the technical, sometimes more than the other sites, but you do find good deals on some more standard stuff. In fact, recently, Ben's Bargains had a really great deal on a Blu-ray player slash DVD burner that I followed up on and got a great deal. Nice. So, with that in mind, check out some of these sites. And we'll have these also in the ninjalaneforums.com show notes. And we, frankly, have only touched on a handful of the sites. So, we'd love to hear from you. What are the sites that you guys are using? And where can we find those elusive hot tech bargains? So, come to the ninjalane.com forums and let us know where do you do your shopping. This has been another ninjalane.com podcast. We'd like to thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about some of the links or topics that we've discussed in this podcast, we'd love to have you check out our show notes in the ninjalane.com forums, where you can find more information and also check out the latest reviews from ninjalane.com. Thanks for joining.